0: Welcome to the Wheatful Woman podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheaton Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. My conversation today with Valerie is all things motherhood, entrepreneurship, books, prayer, margin, and how it all blends together. Valerie, or Val, is a wife and mother the founder of Valmory Paper, the fabulous and intentional prayer journals we all love, the creator of a course to develop confidence and consistency in prayer, and the author of Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday. Here's my conversation with Val. Hey, Val. Welcome to
1: the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Of course. I am
0: so excited to be here with you today and to dive right in to this topic of Silence and solitude. I'd love to start our conversation today, knowing where we are right now in 2020, with all of these unexpected things that have come up and hurdles that we're all facing. And before we dive into silence and solitude and prayer and how to find that calm grounding in our lives, I'd love to know what does that look like for you right now in your life. What is that silence and solitude that? that you're grounded in as a business owner and as a mom. Yeah.
1: um, So yeah, this is definitely a crazy time. I think we're going on month three or four of summer, uh, which we didn't expect. (laughs) But uh, weirdly for me, silence and solitude, because I am home with my girls a lot more right now, it has been in the car and ensuring that if i'm driving by myself that it's quiet and i love podcasts like i listen probably to more more than i should but i i find that i have to have just that space carved out in this season because it is very hard to just find that and it it's kind of like just a like a naturally occurring place and if i can just use that as, as a trigger to go to like a silent space it it serves
0: me so much yeah, what do those silent places look like for you? Is it your car or a place in your home or is it more just mentally getting your mind in a different space? Yeah, it's it can be
1: anywhere. Like I know sometimes it's whenever I'm making food for the girls and just making their lunch. Like they'll go play and I will be in the kitchen and it's sometimes coming off of a very like busy morning or, or just like a chaotic morning and even like my work time, I feel like right now because it is shortened, it's very like go, go, go. And then you kind of like hit this like, okay, you're done. And instead of like continuing that hurried pace, I feel like if I can just sit there make the girls lunch, quiet my mind and not, and not even try to like, you know, like we have the prayer journals, not even have like a list of things that I want to talk to God about, but to just like be still. And that is sounds so cliche, but it is, it is so healing to our hearts and to the speed of our, our heart. Our, I know for mine, especially mm-hmm. taking deep breaths is kind of where it starts. And then I might just meditate on, on God's love for me, which again, it sounds so simple, but it's so powerful if I can really sit in that moment and not rush off or feel like I need to be doing something else, even praying for a lot of different things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of our community has been following along your journey. But for those that may be new here, I would love for you firsthand to tell us about Valmarie Paper and your passion behind this company that you've built off of your faith and Mm -hmm. wanting other women to know how to find that quiet and still place too.
1: Yeah, Um, it, it all started whenever, like, honestly, I was pregnant and overwhelmed with anxiety and just very anxious with the whole pregnancy process, like not even motherhood, but just having so many different things happen in your body. Like I'm a hypochondriac Mm -hmm. and I worry. So it was a, it was a very nerve wracking time and I knew I wanted to be giving those things to the Lord. So really uh, it actually had started Valmarie paper the year before, um, designing wedding invitations. So I had no intention of creating something for other people to buy because I really didn't know anybody else struggled with it. You kind of just think like, I'm the only one who feels like this. And that was definitely me whenever I created the journal for myself and we ended up putting it out there on social media because I had to order at least 50 of them to get my own printed. And, um, from there it just took off. And again, like I was blown away because I really, I was really honestly just hoping to sell enough to cover my costs. I wasn't like looking to make a profit or start a business, but it, it just kind of blew me away that this is, this is not a personal struggle. This is a struggle that most believers have and, Over the last, I guess, seven years, I've been able to hear from so many people and it has grown in me a passion to help, to motivate, to create resources and to do things because we know this is the most important conversation we can have, but it's also the one that feels it's the hardest to make happen. And it also is hard to see an immediate result, which is what we're always looking for from things, you know, like if I can read a book or if I can go, you know, fold the laundry or do something like those things have immediate result and prayer is not always like that. So it's definitely something that's hard to make happen. So that has just become a, a big passion of mine to help people in those
0: in this way. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about what you do is that you focus on making it practical that word that it's how to practically practice prayer, how to practically be in a place of stillness and silence. And that's the piece that can be so quickly missed in our faith and in seeking God when the world gets loud and our lives get loud and we have the best intention of wanting that. But sometimes we focus so much on being the most productive or in the best space or waiting until things get quiet or until it's convenient. And what I love about my journal of yours is that it's something I can just take with me as I go. And when I'm having a flustered moment or an anxious moment, or maybe it's a time when someone shares a request with me that I really don't want to forget, it's something that is so practical and I can just pulled into my life or right where I am. Mm -hmm. And that I I would imagine that's a huge piece of your passion behind it, making it practical and making it accessible and making it a part of our everyday and not just something we hope for every day.
1: Yes. Yes. And I mean, like when we think about Jesus, like going off into the woods or a mountainside or something like that, like that, it all sounds very cool and very nice. And we're over here, we're hearing these things, we're hearing concepts. And I know even for me, like the silence and solitude, like we, we blogged about how to do it practically because we can hear about it so often. But like when we think about our brand, we think about wanting to answer the question, okay, that sounds great. Now, how do I actually do this? And that, that drives so much of what we do because we know that there is so much goodness that we can learn. But if, if we're not figuring it out what it looks like in our busy lives, when we have a newborn, when we have mm-hmm. a really busy job or, or taking care of parents or whatever it is, if we can't figure out how to make it happen in our daily lives, it just stays a really great idea that we heard about but can't implement into our lives. And we can also feel like our busy life makes, it, makes a, us disqualified from a deep prayer life. Mm -hmm. Um, like, okay, maybe, maybe Jesus was able to do that because he had more time. And, or, you know, we tell ourselves these lies and I truly believe it's just our enemy who, who knows how powerful prayer is. And he wants to make sure that we continue to think it can't happen for us. Getting practical tools in women's hands is just our way of saying, not today, Satan, like we're gonna, we're gonna make this happen. No matter how busy we are, prayer is a priority.
0: Yeah. Can you walk us through what the experience is like using one of your prayer journals?
1: Oh, yeah. So we have, it's a, it's a monthly format that will help you pray daily. So basically, at the beginning of the month, you set up these different sections like world and nation, community, your kids, your husband, prayers for yourself. And we even have a place for scripture so that you can go back and look at that to help focus your mind on truth before you pray. But the idea is that you fill it out once at the beginning of the month, really thoughtfully and prayerfully, and you basically decide, this is what I want to be praying for. And then throughout the month, you can pick up your journal as part of your quiet time while you're driving. I have mine on the seat of my car often whenever I'm driving. And then cooking whenever Mm -hmm. you can pick it up at a moment's notice and, and dive right into prayer. You don't forget like you said prayers of you know things friends ask you to pray for and then at the end of the month you get to write down what god has done and this has probably been one of the biggest things that we've seen from our customers having that record of what god is doing has grown their faith so much because they're becoming more and more aware of what god is doing and he could have been doing it for the last 20 years but we it's so easy to not recognize that God's working in our lives unless we have it on paper and we can say, <laughs> "I prayed for that," and this happened like we can convince ourselves that things are coincidences a lot, but yeah. if we have it on paper in front of us, we cannot um it's just harder to to argue that yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense
0: yeah, and practicing that gratitude i often will achieve something and then I'm just on to the next before I even take a moment to pause and think, thank you, Lord, for that blessing, for that answered prayer, for showing up in that way and having it written down where not only can you go back over the last week or the last month, but over the last year— to be able to go back and see 12 months ago what you were praying for. And some of the things you're still praying for. Some of the things, you know, they take time. And sometimes we don't see the answer to the prayer at that time that's already been given to us just because we can't see everything. But it is truly such a blessing to have that space where you can look back.
1: Yeah. And I mean, just to have it, that's one of the coolest things. And it's oddly like our busiest time. Well, not oddly, but... Um, we were on vacation around New Year's last year and I was telling my husband, it was with his family. I was just like, I feel so bad. I'm on my phone so much right now, but the it, we wanted to engage with people because there were so many stories of people sharing what it was like to look back on a year of praying. And it was huge. Mm-hmm. Like we just wanted to be there for them. Mm-hmm. But it really is, you know, we just get to see the hand of an invisible God a little clearer whenever we have it, Have have our own handwriting, like written out knowing this is something that burdened me six months ago. And the Lord has lifted that. He has carried me through that. Um, it's just, it's really powerful.
0: Mm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I want to talk more about prayer in general here in a bit, but before we do, I would love to talk about grumpy mom takes a holiday and where did that idea begin? Have you always wanted to be an author? What was that journey like? Mm. Yeah,
1: so I graduated in journalism but never wanted to write a book because I thought a book had too many words in it. <laughs> like, I could never write a, a book on something. And um, I ended up writing a book that was self published before Grumpy Mom. And my husband, like, opened my eyes. He was like, Well, it's on just think of it as like little topics, like, each chapter is a different topic, which is how that book is. Um, it's called the finishing school. That's how it's laid out. So that kind of got me over the hurdle of it, but grumpy mom takes a holiday. I feel like I just felt this burden and that's, that's kind of how all of these messages come. It's just a burden of feeling like we need to know this and not that I'm the first person to ever talk about this. Um, but what, what we go through in the book is just discovering how stereotypes about motherhood can be damaging our view of motherhood and making us grumpy, and it's it's just been cool to like help moms g- gain that awareness um, mm-hmm. that has transformed them, and in a way that's like, it's not like you have to be perfect. It's not like you're never going to yell again, and it's not like it's this really big overhaul. It's simply knowing. A different approach or a different view of motherhood. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers the original question, but yeah, that's a little bit yeah. about motherhood. I mean, grumpy mom.
0: Yeah. No, I I love learning about motherhood. I am not a mom myself, but want to be. And my husband and I just started that trying to conceive journey, just yeah. these last couple of weeks. It's fresh. And I talked about that on the introduction episode here and thought we are getting to know one another really quickly on this podcast, (laughs) but uh, it's not even something we've shared with many people, just our inner circle. And it is so fascinating to me to have the opportunity to learn from mothers and realize Mm -hmm. a lot of those fears that I have about, man, I am already busy as an entrepreneur, and we have a puppy and it already feels busy. What would it be like? How would that change my business? How would that change my marriage to have a child here right now? And how do you balance all of that? Will will I be a good mom? Will I pay attention to the right things? Will I be educated enough on the basics? And to have the blessing of reading your book and walking with mothers, it gives me permission to not be so afraid. And Mm. it's also such a blessing to get to learn from women that are 10 steps ahead of you.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I love that you read it before. I know I have a twin sister and she doesn't have kids yet. And we've we've talked a lot about how the conversations about motherhood can discourage anyone who's not a mom yet. And bring them to a place of, I don't even know if I want to have kids because this is all I hear. Like, all I wear is yoga pants or I always have spit up on me or fresh shampoo <laughs> in my hair. Like all of the stereotypes that we hear, like it doesn't, it is not conveying the joy of motherhood because the joy of motherhood can be hard to convey. But if the only thing we're hearing is what the world is saying about motherhood, I don't know why anyone would want to be a mom because it's, you know, we run to Facebook every time our kids spill something just to show mm-hmm. like how hard we have it instead of just walking in this gift that God has given to us. And I I just think, and I know we've had that question before, like, can I read it before? And I think if you can read this book before you have kids, you're going to be prepared. And you're not going to have the process of retraining your thoughts. You're going to be able to go in with a fresh perspective. So I'm encouraged for you and I'm excited for you. I'll be praying for you
0: guys. (laughs) Thank you. I love that you say retraining your thoughts. I I really, I feel that because we can tell ourselves these stories that a lot of times are so rooted in fear that they become a truth to us when they're not. And I'm thankful to be surrounded by strong women and whether it's other business owners or women in their faith, mothers, that we can have these authentic conversations about. Let me just call that out really quick (laughs) because you may be afraid of how do I stay productive while I'm carrying a child or what if we're not able to have a child and we face that fear? What if we What if we walk through loss of a child? When we think about all of those things and give them more credit than they deserve, it steals our joy and the joy that we were intended to have. The Lord's going to be with us through anything that comes our way. And we know that. How do we stay rooted in that? And that goes back to your prayer journal again, but how do we stay rooted in that faith in Him that no outcome is bigger than Him and in no place are we going to be without Him?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so that kind of transitions into the the focal point of kind of a mantra that you have that I've caught on just following your journey and the things that you do and that you have this clear passion for living life, trusting that God is able to do more in your stillness than in your doing. And I've heard you speak before to the concept of tithing of your time, and I would love to have a firsthand conversation with you a little bit more about what tithing of your time means to you.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I'm glad you brought this up. I don't get to talk about this much. <laughs> um, and, and it's honestly something that I sometimes forget about. I don't, I don't do it as well as I would hope, but the whole concept came to me whenever I was praying about, we, um we donate 10% of our sales to a charity in Haiti. And I was feeling like, I think we're just supposed to donate 5% more. Like we're supposed to grow this number just over time. We're going to keep growing this number, hopefully. And I remember thinking, okay, now I feel like God might be calling us to tithe our time. And then at the end of a couple of days, I got uh, what I felt was a clear answer that we needed to tithe both. So that was just kind of crazy. So we ended up, we upped our giving to 15% this year. Wow. And we, we have a little charity in Lafayette, that a school in the like a rough part of town, a private school. But the tithing, the time was basically thinking about 10% of my work time during the month and resting, like not using it to work. And for me, that meant one work day a month, as well as like the first 10 minutes of my workday. And what that looked like for me was prayer before I go into what I'm what I'm working on. And it means like currently in this current season, it's not necessarily right at the beginning of the workday. It's I take little breaks throughout my day. I I do the Pomodoro method. So it's like 45 minutes of working. And then I go for a walk around the block Mm -hmm. of the building that I work at Mm -hmm. a lot of days. And it's just using that time to pray. And I think the biggest thing with it is it's, it's kind of like Sabbath or it's, it's probably a lot like Sabbath where you're having to trust the Lord that you are not the, God does not rely on you to make everything happen. Like my business, it, like it, it, I can, I can make myself too big of a, of a focus of like, I, everything's on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And this day is a constant reminder that it's a constant reminder because normally whenever I walk into that, that day, it is feeling how am I going to make this happen? I have so much to do, Da da da. da you know? Um, mm-hmm. and then I have to reconcile that I am not the most important person in this business and that there's a lot of freedom in that. It helps me to relax. It's something that I wish I could do more consistently because whenever I do it, it is so powerful to slowing me down and reminding me, that, um, that not all of this relies on me. And I know, I mean, you, you own a business too, like, you know, the stresses of just feeling like everything, you know, like if I don't do it, it's not going to happen or, you know, like whatever it is, you could just feel like this is the success of this is determined by what I do today. And it's Mm -hmm. not. And, um, and it's hard when we see everybody else moving forward doing big things or hiring a big team, but it is, it is a constant reminder to humble myself basically.
0: Yeah, I could learn so much from you. You're saying this and I'm thinking, (laughs) I need to be praying about that because that scares me. And that tells me it's probably something I should be doing too. Because I start every day with the mindset, what I produce today is Mm -hmm. an immediate reflection of the success of this business and me being able to continue doing this and to continue to have this growing. And one thing the Lord has really revealed to me just in the past few months is, Brittany, take the focus off of you. When when you become anxious, when you become overwhelmed, when you become fearful, it is always because I am putting way too much priority on myself and on my performance and on my ability. And when I am able to shift that focus quickly, that's the key, learning how to do it. Mm-hmm. And a, a much more speedy response, But when I shift my focus back to, but God called me to this, but I had that clarity that I was asked to do this and that he's with me and remembering who he is and what he's able to do through our surrender and obedience. Like you said, not only is that pressure just off your chest, but you see him move so much more. And I think that goes for tithing of our finances but it also goes for tithing of our time. And I had never heard somebody talk about that before, especially an entrepreneur and someone that owns a business. I had never heard the concept of that. And the time in particular, I heard you talking about it. You were speaking about writing in a coffee shop and how you would get up and move around the coffee shop. And I tried to put myself in your shoes thinking, what was that like for her when you're sitting at a table in a public place you're trying to be productive. You're trying to get something done. You're also really trying to hear the Lord. And then you choose to close your laptop, put your pen down, and stand up and breathe and surrender for a moment. I can't I can't imagine. I think that takes so yeah. much discipline. And then when you do it and you feel the Lord through it, it probably makes it easier. Have you found that as you've been practicing this and taking one day a month that it's become easier or... Does it always feel about the same when that day rolls around?
1: Um it It's, it's always a struggle and, and, and the praying, like the, the 10 minutes of my day is like, that's, you know, fairly easy now. And I think it comes from this feeling of, cause I was, as you were talking, I was like picturing myself where I would sit <laughs> and like walking out and stuff. And I think there's like, I can get, spin myself up so much, you know, to where I'm like, I'm trying to get something done really fast. And I think it's almost like, like a temper, like uh, micro burnout to where you're Mm. just like, I have to, I have to stop or I'm going to explode. And you know, like not, I like, I don't know how to explain that in other, any other way of just thinking like, I'm moving so fast. Like if I don't stop, like it's, it's not going to be good. Like I, it's almost like a, it's like just the way your body physically tells you to slow down. Yeah. I, it it would kind of force me to get up. And not that I always listen to that, but I think sometimes it gets bad enough to where you kind of can't not listen yeah. to it. Yeah. But I think like it also comes from if God's a part of my other moments, if I start my day with him, if I'm praying, if I like I have a section in my prayer journal for Valerie Paper, if it is a part of my life constantly, I feel like it's it's easier to work myself my it's easier to like remember how powerful that is because mm-hmm. it's been like weaved throughout my my business already. So I, yeah. but, but it is still hard. I mean, like, um, I have seen, like, I'll go for a massage or this before quarantine, I was going, I like got myself a monthly membership for a massage. And, um, it's, it's weirdly one of the most worshipful experiences to lay on a table and have somebody massage me. And, um, I'm, thanking God throughout it. And then I f- ha- fall into this like very peaceful, like half asleep feeling yeah. kind of yeah. like if you've ever fallen asleep next to a pool yeah. or something, you you can kind of hear things, but you're like kind of asleep. It, it, it just reminds me that like God cares about me whenever I'm not doing a single thing. For his, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not actively doing something for his kingdom. He he loves me no matter what, and I'm a doer. I am proactive or productive. Like mm-hmm. I put so much value in what I do, and have struggled, you know, in the past. And I actually have a another book that's coming out this fall about just slowing down and following God's pace and not my own because. I just value doing stuff so much more than, than time with people, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, hard to say. Mm -hmm. Um, but my life coach, uh, we've talked about it a lot. It's just learning how to have immeasurable moments where not everything is measured. Like you can't just check something off of a list. Like if I have a conversation with a neighbor, like that's not something I check off a list. That's just doing life with people. And um, learning to have more moments like that, um, is something that, you know, just going back to the value, what I value and
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: feeling that, I don't know how, how else to, to say that.
0: Yeah. I am going to be reading that book. <laughs> I need some of that. <laughs> awesome. I need some of that in my life. And it, we have a lot of similarities as far as personalities and drivers yeah. go, because I When I first got married two years ago, my husband called that out of me really quickly. He said, you love being around people, but getting you there, that's the hard part. Getting you... If I make a commitment, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be invested in my friendships. But my productivity and getting everything on my to-do list done rules my mind. And... I, I have a one-off question for you about this massage and the experience that you have. Yeah, <laughs> I actually just started getting massages. I've never enjoyed them. And I've, I've found that it is such a neat place that I can't be productive. And yes, what I mean by yes. that is I can't be on my computer. I can't be on Instagram. I can't be doing anything but being still. And I, this is going to be odd, but I have struggled to turn my mind off. And during a massage, I'll even lay there and be thinking about a promotion that's coming up or how I can enhance the customer journey through our website. And it's so silly because I'm laying there thinking, Brittany, you are seeking so much control right now and it is not productive. Why are you doing Mm -hmm. this? And I would love to know, and you may or may not have an answer, insight to this, but I would love to know what you do for yourself to still your mind. So when you know... Yes. today, or I'm taking today off, or I'm going to take 10 minutes in this coffee shop and walk around the block and come back. What do you do to equip yourself to be prepared to be still?
1: Yes. Okay. That's a great question. First, let me ask you this. How long is your massage
0: it used to be an hour. I did an hour and a half last time because okay. I knew <laughs> like <laughs> it takes me about half an hour to chill out. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what I was going to ask that because I used to do 30 minute massages and it was funny. Um, I thought they were boring and, um, now I'm like an hour. I'm like, I gotta have an hour, which, you know, sounds, sounds spoiled, but yeah. it's, it's very relaxing. I think for me, I am, so I have a lot of back pain. So this might be another part of it. Like whenever she starts working on my back. I am noticing every muscle that she's directing. So like, I'm not, I'm not thinking about my work. I'm thinking about what the work she's doing basically. But I am, I feel like people talk about that, like just be in your body or like feel what's happening. And that sounds weird. But for me in a massage, I'm enjoying every stroke of, Mm -hmm. of where she's massaging. It's, it is hard like if they're chatty or something. Um, I feel like I try to be really short answers and, and everything. And it does take a little while to get to that place of relaxation. But I feel like the more I focus on what I'm feeling in my body, it does help me to relax. But just in other opportunities, like walking around the, the coffee shop, I actually start, I'm I'm praying for my work. So I, my mind is on it, but it's on Like whenever I'm praying about that, I think that's, what's so powerful about prayer is that, you know, the difference between talking to a best friend and talking to God, or even just thinking about something ourselves without God is that when we're praying, we're, we're going to be challenged to put our mind on him instead of what's happening. So, you know, they say like Philippians four, six, about like just praying. If you're worrying about anything, pray. The whole point, or what I take away from that is that you can think about something or you can pray about it. And if you're praying about it, you're, you're starting to see that God's bigger than that thing. That's the hope anyway. Part of that is, you know, it's why we have scripture, uh, scripture section in the journal because we want you to set your mind on truth that will dwarf whatever your problem is so I think whenever I'm praying and having those moments I am I eventually get to a point where God is so big and I'm just thinking about him and that took a lot a lot of years that's like a new thing for me um but I know I've learned um as I study the bible like I used to read of just thinking like what's in it Not what's in it for me, but like what's the takeaway for what I need to do, or what's this? In the last few years, as I've read, looking more for like who God is in something, He's getting bigger in my world. He's getting bigger whenever I'm walking around and I'm looking at nature. Like He is getting bigger, and when whenever I think about that, and then I think about my, you know, like the things that distract me. I almost feel silly because I'm like, oh my gosh, these things are so small. And, you know, God's gracious. He cares about every little thing about us. So we don't need to feel guilt or shame for caring about little things because he does too. But it does help me to just kind of put him in his right place, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about is focusing on our faith is not about learning more about us, but it's learning more about him. Yes, and yes. who is he and what does he promise us and what have we seen to be true? And when you've seen him move in your life and can recall that it's a lot easier to take a deep breath and rest in his presence because we remember and we know he'll do it yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. So I would love for a moment to speak to the woman that may be listening, that maybe does not have a prayer life So, maybe there is, and I know there are women that are part of our community that would love to hear your take on where do I begin? What does that Mm -hmm. look like? What does that conversation look like? And how is it relationship driven versus feeling like I have to say and do all the right things? What would you say Mm -hmm. to that woman?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, first, I would say do not feel any shame for feeling like oh, it's been too long. I only come to him when I have something wrong. Or like you said, I don't know what to say. I'm going to say the wrong things. God wants to have a conversation with you. He desires it. It um, We see it throughout scripture. We see that when people pray, he responds to them. We also see him just continually telling people, come to me, come to me, um, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So just know that God's desire, God, God is not looking to like, you know, I can't think of the phrase, but he's not looking to like smite you or like trick you. Mm-hmm. If you come to him saying like, ha you did it the wrong way. Or like he, <laughs> he has the best of intentions. So I think we just need to know that first so that we don't, we don't put off coming to him because of what we feel like, like we're not coming the right way. And also know that it's going to take time. Like if, the first time you pray or even the first six times you pray, like if you don't feel anything, give it a chance. Just, just know that it's kind of like, um, like we can romanticize our relationship with God the same way, like a rom-com or, you know, like something can do for like a husband and wife relationship. And if we have this expectation that, every time we pray, we're going to walk away feeling peaceful and joyful. And like, he's going to just audibly tell us something and give us direction and, you know, clarity on whatever issues we're facing. If those are our expectations, we're going to be disappointed. And we're going to think he's got a problem that there's something wrong with him. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's odd because we can feel that way. We can, we, we can always kind of wonder what's wrong with God whenever like, God's perfect. If there's a problem, it's with us. And that's not, that's not like a, you know, to beat us up kind of thing. It's just to know that like we, we can come to God and, and he's gonna, he's gonna hear us. He's gonna listen to us.
0: We all are coming from the same place and it is so easy to believe Val's prayer life is so much stronger than mine. Or, oh gosh, yeah. (laughs) And my friend Marie, she always says the right words. And when am I going to have that tone in my voice or know how to say those Mm. things? What has truly changed my prayer life and my connection with the Lord, and what I have to go back to in seasons where I just feel like my prayer life needs to be awakened. I just, I need it to be revitalized. It feels stale. It feels routine. It feels structured. I always go back to some days it's just getting on my knees because I've found Mm -hmm. when I'm distracted, if I change my posture, my body posture, that really helps my mind. And my golden retriever puppy loves it too. He comes over and he's learned. I'm like, sit down. You can do this with me, but you gotta be still. But I found that when I do that, Some days my mind feels blank as if I don't know how to formulate the right words. And some days I just Mm -hmm. turn my palms up and will say, Lord, I'm coming to you needing to breathe and needing to rest and needing to be still and quiet. And words may come to mind as I'm pausing here, but I really need to rest at your feet right now. Would you read my heart? Would you read my mind? Would you fill me with your truth and your encouragement and show me the way today? And sometimes it's not even saying the things, but mm-hmm. just seeking the presence, and that's prayer too. Or it's been prayer yeah. for me.
1: And also, I think we don't appreciate or we don't understand corporate prayer as much as like how big it was a part of life in the old days, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can say that. Um, like even when we see like the Lord's Prayer that says, "Our Father who art in heaven, like." there was There was so much value in corporate prayer, and I know for me, I've had seasons where I feel so overwhelmed, I feel so angsty and depressed and anxious that I have had to depend on the prayers of other people over me. Yeah. And um, I remember at least one instance in particular, driving to a restaurant with friends and having being on the phone, feeling feeling like I'm visibly like, I don't even know if I could talk to anybody. I'm so spun up about different things. And, um, I kind of felt like I was going a little crazy to be honest. And I had a friend that I called and I was like, can you just pray with me? And she prayed over me the the whole car ride. It was like a 20, 30 minute drive. And I got to go in, have a good time with my friends. I got to kind of open up about it. And they were like, wow, like we, we couldn't even tell you seem, like, you don't seem like that. And, and I truly believe it was that the start of just that prayer. And then on the way home, I had my mom call or talk to her and she prayed for me the whole way home. Mm. And um, the Lord freed me from a lot of things that I had been holding on to um, in those weeks. And um, I think for Valmarie paper in particular, like the direction that we're heading, we're going to be thinking and, and encouraging women a lot in prayer groups and corporate prayer together, a prayer partner, different things like that, because I just I, I just don't think that we are, we're, I can't think of the word, but I just, I just think we're missing out on so much that God has for us um, because we think prayer has got to be a certain way. And we, we aren't going to have all the answers. We aren't going to know what to say every time. Like, mm-hmm. can, you, can you imagine if your friend got to pray for you and if you got to hear her words and she said things that you knew you needed to hear and you knew you wanted to pray, but you, you just did not have the words. That's just a powerful thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think also being in a position where you want to pray over someone, but you really don't know what the words are, whether someone is walking through grief or maybe there's something big that's coming up that they're anxious about. It's really neat to welcome the Lord into that space and to ask Him, Lord, I put my emotions and my thoughts and all of my distractions to the side. And I want to ask you to come in and to speak your truth to us. And asking the Lord to come into that space and to use that willingness to rest at His feet together to provide perspective (coughs) and peace and all the good things that He does and seeing how He does that. Because sometimes you'll quit praying and think, I wasn't even thinking about that. But I have this supernatural peace because the two of you gathered and we're seeking it together.
1: Yeah, I... um One of my favorite things is to pray, like send voice messages to people in DMs.
0: Yes. And
1: it's just, it's been cool because I don't, I don't obviously know their whole story. They'll send me like a little something that's, that they're struggling with to be able to pray things that like, that God can, can put on my heart that they need. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just such a crazy thing. You're just like, how is this even possible that I can speak, speak something that's going to comfort them? That's going to be that's going to sh- like for them to know God sees them because I just said something that used a word or said something that they know, wow, that could only be God because mm-hmm. otherwise how would she know to say that? And it, it's just cool. Cause you're thinking, it's not about me. It's not, they don't walk away thinking, Whoa, she's a really good prayer. They walk away caring more or like being more wowed by who God is in their life. And like, that's just the, the, it's been the coolest thing and I, I
0: just love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that you bring that up praying with your people and what that looks like. And I think that could be a whole nother conversation for a Mm -hmm. a whole nother day about (laughs) what prayer does within the context of marriage. And when you're praying over one another and together and with community groups and with your mother, with the mother daughter relationship or siblings, I mean, there are so many unique ways that the Lord can be a part of those relationships when we invite him in in that way. I really, really like that. I was going to ask you another question, but you've already covered it.
1: (laughs) Oh, yay. (laughs) We naturally
0: (laughs) fell into it about prayer and relationships, but I'm excited to see what Balmery paper has that's coming for us and just giving us more tools to know how to get into that space with people that are in our community and in our world. I'm really excited to see what you guys come out with.
1: Thanks. We're excited too. One of the things that we're thinking of is a retreat, like a prayer retreat where it would be like one part teaching, one part corporate prayer, like praying together. And then one part like silent retreat. And, um, part of it would be, the goal would be, it would be a small group where we are helping train and lead them to go into their, their, wherever they live to start a group. And I just, I'm like so excited about it. We, we haven't, we've never done anything like that, but we just feel like it's kind of like the next step of, of encouraging someone in just very real, like doing that core, you know, like helping them grow that corporate prayer life that we, we know it's just, it's, it's hard and it's different. And it's, you know, we just feel like it's the next step for what we'll do. Mm,
0: Man. Well, for the last, last question I have for you is what would you say to empower the woman that's listening that desires and craves to bring people into that space with them and to be the initiator of prayer yeah. in groups what would you say to empower her in saying yes to that
1: yes oh my gosh okay i i get excited for you first of all <laughs> because i have st- Start, reluctantly started several groups in my over the years, like I do not consider myself a small group leader because I don't like talking in front of people. And I'm as organized as I can be with my business. I, we are very poor organizers. Like we run small groups with our church all the time, me and my husband and we're like the worst. of like, okay guys, we forgot we're not supposed to be meeting this week because of this or whatever. But, um, uh, there was one group in particular, I led on friendship and, every single person in that group, there's like 12 of us at one point or another mentioned how much they needed it and how glad they were that I said yes, or or like initiated Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I think we're all looking for somebody to initiate these things. And it's you, like, if you're listening, it's you, God is calling you to do this. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna, you're gonna reap blessings from that. And not like, you know, whatever kind of blessings, but like, you're, it's going to bless you when you get to get to be the person who, who puts that together. Um, just like every one of those comments was for me to hear that just blessed me so much to know that what I was doing was making a difference and that God was using it. I would say, don't get, don't get your feelings hurt. If if Mm -hmm. people don't want to be a part of it right now in my prayer journal, the number one thing in my personal section is prayer group question mark. And I'm praying about starting a prayer group of my own right now. Um, because this is, like I said, this is new for us of just caring so much about this in our personal lives. And, you know, I'll pray with my husband. I'll pray with friends on Boxer. I'll pray with my sister and my mom in person. Like I'll pray with people, but I don't have like a, a prayer group like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say spend time right now praying about who God would have, have you invite to it. Or mm-hmm. if you're going to post it on Facebook, pray that God would, the right people would see it, who he has for this group. And I would even say like, make a deadline for yourself so that you don't stay in the praying phase for two years, because that can be easy to do too. You're just kind of waiting for some miraculous sign of what you, what's going to decide whether this is good or not, or something like that. So pray about who to have in that group and set a deadline for yourself of when you want to start it. And I would also say there is a book that that really got me thinking about all this. It's by Evelyn Christensen, and it's called What Happens When Women Pray. And it is about, it's probably like 40 years old, but, um, it's like a really short book. She talks about starting this group at her church of like a couple of women who were going to pray together for six months. And it's, it was so encouraging and it just, like hyped me up so much of wanting to do this. So if you're thinking about it, that could be something that might push you over the edge of just like wanting to do it. But yeah, that would be the th- the spiritual advice and the practical yeah. advice for it.
0: Yeah. And I, it's always mind blowing to see when you step out in faith and say yes, and offer to create space for something like this you are met with so many other women that have those same, same cravings and that same, same yearning. They want the same things. And it's so affirming when you say yes. And then you realize, wait a minute, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that wants this. I'm not the only one that needs this. And yes, you're the one that said yes. But a lot of times you're surrounded by other leaders that are stepping in and initiating too, because you started it. Mm. especially in a prayer group like that you are surrounded by other women that want to cover you in prayer too and want to help with any uneasiness or anxiousness that you're feeling around it all of a sudden you're empowered by all these other women too
1: yeah it's it's amazing (laughs) just to think about the potential that we're missing out on and Mm -hmm. um, when we say yes to this it could be it could be awesome
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Val, do you mind if I pray over this conversation yeah. and over some ladies that have joined us today, and, and then we'll send you off. Lord, thank you for this space today. We praise you for the gift of technology and the launch of this podcast and the way that you have come and nurtured our hearts, the way that you have drawn us together to realize that we're not alone, that we have you and that we have our sisters in Christ. God, I pray for anyone that's listening to this podcast that has that stirring in their heart to know you more intimately, maybe in the quiet place with you that they have in their closet or in their home or their car, or maybe it's the woman that really wants to grow in her relationship with her community by sharing in that prayer journey and that space with you. I pray that you would fill her with the confidence she needs to say yes. I pray that you would surround her with just your army of angels. I pray you'd surround her with other women that are going to empower her and build her up in that and God that you would meet them there. Lord, we praise you for the good God that you are. We praise you for Val and we thank you for the good work that she is doing for your kingdom. And we just ask for continued favor and blessings over her and this podcast. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining Val. It was such a treat today. Thanks for having me. This was great. Get plugged in with Val by following her on Instagram at Val Warner or checking out Val Marie Paper online at valmariepaper.com did you enjoy this episode would you hit that subscribe button leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with a girlfriend a great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at wheatful woman to your instagram story we'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to catch you next time